Welcome to the Purposeful Planning Podcast, where you'll gain tangible, practical suggestions to help you transform and elevate your practice. Our content is for both seasoned professionals working with complex family systems and those just entering the field. These podcasts will also be valuable for family leaders who are dedicated to helping individual family members find their pathway to flourishing lives and strengthening the relational fabric of the family. Welcome and thank you for joining us. And now your host. Hi, everyone. John A. Warnick, founder of the Purposeful Planning Institute. And it's really uh, a pleasure today to have David York and Gretchen Figge with us. And they're going to be talking about um, a brain burst that David had that Gretchen's helped make real. And it is our tradition in these. I didn't warn them about this, so I'm, I'm throwing the first left curve at you here. But it is our tradition in these podcasts to ask our guests if they'd be willing to share what we call their purposeful odyssey with relation to the topic that we're going to be talking about. So I'd love to hear if if the two of you in just a couple of minutes could share how it is that you came together and and how you've kind of worked together to bring what you're going to be describing um, to us today. I think that would be extremely beneficial, not only to the PPI members, but these podcasts are open to a pub, to the public, our effort to educate the public. And I know they'd love to hear that purposeful odyssey story from both of you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, maybe I'll start. Um, I, you know, I when I started estate planning years ago, um, I came from a CPA background, attorney background. And to me, it was all about uh, process and it was about planning. It was about the what of estate planning. And over the years, um, I just came to realize that, that the most effective wealth transfer occurs when we focus on why and we focus on who. Uh, and then we focus on the what and the how. And I just am a firm believer that purpose should always drive planning uh, maybe that's why I like the Purposeful Planning Institute so much. <laughs> yeah. Planning should support purpose. There should be an alignment uh, between those two. And so often I see such a disconnect uh, between those. Um, several years ago, I was sitting with a friend of mine and kind of a mentor, and he asked me what I wanted to do with, with all of this. And, uh, and I told him, I said, I want to change how the world views wealth. And he just laughed at me. But, you know, he, he said something that I'll never forget. He said, if you can change part of the market, you can change the market. Uh, in other words, you don't have to change everything. But if you create an alternative uh, and a different mindset for how we approach things, if you can work with enough people, uh, you can actually change the whole marketplace. And so that's what I, I love about Purposeful Planning Institute is that we draw enough people we don't have the whole market, but I think we have enough that we can create that kind of change. And so that's part of why uh, I reached out to Gretchen. She and I have go back 30 years. I asked her to help that on that journey. Well, so in years ago, David started down this journey, developing tools to help people understand what their values were and how to understand their family better. And I've on the sidelines been cheering him on saying, I love this. This is amazing. 
And a year, maybe a little less than a year ago, he called and he's like, actually, I was at a conference and I got a text. Are you ready to come on board? And I was like, maybe let's talk. And so we got together and he, um, we got together some programmers that were really good at taking these concepts that Dave has developed over, you know, seven, eight years and worked one-on-one with clients. And we've put them into software so that he, we can change the world, right? Like we can let the market grow with a possibility to know and understand core values, know and understand the client on a deeper level. It's easy to use. And we've spent the last year putting this company together with this software that now we have available. And um, I, I'm more than delighted with how it's turning out. I'm super excited. And we're ready to launch and let people actually use this um, with their clients. Is that a quick, easy overview? Yeah, that, that, that was marvelous. A wonderful story. And I love how the two of you've come together for the purpose that you have. Um, I, I also should have shared at the beginning that the title Gretchen and David chose for the podcast episode today is Adapt, Change, or Disappear. And I love that title. It, it really speaks volumes uh, to the threat that technology is posing. But what we're going to hear today is how you can harness technology and potentially change and adapt and become more relevant, even more valuable to clients than you were before. So let me start out by asking you guys, what, what do you consider the single biggest missing element in the wealth planning space when it comes to meeting the needs of our high net worth, ultra high net worth clients? Yeah, you know, I believe the single biggest missing element, uh, and people look at me a little sideways when I say it, but I think it's empathy. Um, I, um, I think there is such a dearth of empathy uh, in society as a whole, uh, but particularly among high net worth. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that I think uh, the high net worth were lied to. Uh, they were told, hey, if you go out and accumulate large amounts of wealth and build businesses, then you won't have a care or worry in the world. Uh, and it's just not true. The reality is um that wealth comes with a high level of, of burden and responsibility um i think they've come to realize that legacy and impact aren't optional um and um so all that hard work and effort has led to uh this wealth which will be highly impactful um and so they can't choose whether or not to make an impact i, I had a client once tell me they were so overwhelmed at wealth transfer. They said, maybe I'll just give all my money away because uh, they were so worried about what it would do to their kids. I said, well, that's an impact. You know, it's an impact to the family you didn't give to, to the charity that you do. Um, and then, um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I think by and large, they deal with professionals uh, who are more envious of their financial position than they are empathetic. Um, and... Um, those are just a couple of reasons. Gretchen, you have others. In addition to that, like they're vilified by society. They're, they're being blamed for problems that society has. 
and um, whether or not that's a reality, they're dealing with that. And we need to give them empathy within the context of that. And um, they're always under pressure. How do you know if somebody's really your friend or connected to you? Is it for your wealth or is it for who you really are as a human? Um, they feel as a result of that, they end up feeling isolated. And so empathy is everything. And how do you really have empathy with these um, people if you don't know who they are, which is one of the reasons we are so excited about the software that allows you to find out their core values. And if you know what their core values are, then you can know what's driving them and connect with them more deeply. I, that makes total sense. Let me ask you, um, I'm seeing it. I, I'm becoming increasingly aware almost by the minute of the incursions, the, the disruptions, which um, technology is bringing into our marketplace and how we serve. And I think the number one buzzword everybody hears is AI. How, just speaking of professional advisors broadly and not necessarily limiting it to the, the wealth advisor or the attorney or, or consultant, but broadly, how do you see professional advisors and consultants competing with AI today? Yeah, I, I think the simple answer is you can't. You, can, you can't compete with it. AI uh, works faster. It works 24-7. It doesn't take weekends uh, or vacations. It doesn't charge. Um, but I think the key is not to compete with technology, it's to complete technology. Uh, in other words, it's to bring human intelligence to artificial intelligence. Um, you know, the reality is I, 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 I got on and I've been using ChatGPT. The other day I asked it to write a will. I said, write a will valid under Utah law that leaves all my assets to my spouse. And about six seconds later, it popped it out. And it was pretty good. Uh, now, I still think you need a review by an attorney to look at the details of it. It's not perfect. It's not exact, but incredible what it could do. Uh, I needed to put a, a NDA into an agreement. I had it draft up an NDA for me that I was able to read through and, and to put in. Um, uh, it can review and analyze financial plans. It can write private placement memorandums. I mean, it's incredible. At the same time, ask, you know, if you type into ChatGPT, what do I value? Um, what do my loved ones value? Uh, if you ask it, what's keeping me up at night when it comes to my children's future? That has, it has no answers for it. Um, what's the legacy I want to leave, the mark I want to, to, to have on this world? Um, so I think what we have to realize and understand with technology is both its potential and it, its limitations. And I think the key to dealing with artificial intelligence is to become more human. Yeah, and you may not realize this. When um, a survey went out, 90% of respondents with financial advisors, uh, these were high net worth um, respondents they believed that their financial advisor was too generic 
But at the exact same time, they said um, 70% of those people said they would go to Google, Facebook, Apple to get advice. So what do they really want? And I think it's just this mix between they're getting this generic advice they don't feel connected to. And so they're willing to just go to technology. It's And instead, if you know and understand them better as an advisor, they then feel connected and don't feel the need to go to the chat GPT, to the technology, because it does feel like you're valued as a human and connected to. Yeah, I think of the example, you know, if I, um, if I want to go rent a car, uh, I actually don't want to deal with a human at all. I, <laughs> I want to go on to Hertz. I want to get my rental car info. I want to show up. I want to walk right to the car, pick out my car and drive away. Uh, I want high tech, low touch. But if I want to go on an anniversary trip with my spouse to Europe, I want someone to sit down and ask me. Tell me about how you like to travel. What what do you like about food? What do you like about culture? Are you uh, how do you like to travel? What are you trying to accomplish? I want someone to sit down and really understand who I am um, and what I value, so that I can create something that's custom and unique and special. And so, I think too often we've tried to play this middle ground of mixing technology and and personalization. And actually, I think. In many things, people want high tech, low touch, or they want high touch and low tech. And so I think um, it's a mix uh, of those two. I don't think people are schizophrenic. I think to to Gretchen's point, they're they're turning to technology for solves because they're not getting that personalization. Um, and so if I if I can't get personalization, I can't get customization. I might as well go with simplicity. Yeah, not it's not really AI versus not AI. It's what makes sense. How does it make sense to connect? And what does that really look like? I really appreciate that perspective, Gretchen, because I do think that AI has just grabbed so many headlines in the last six months. It, it's kind of becoming the word, just like Kleenex or Jello <laughs> speaks volumes. In, in people's minds, they identify with stuff immediately through that word, but there are so many developing technological platforms and uses beyond just AI that I think are very um, exciting. And I, I believe you guys are, you know, in that forward vanguard, uh, truthfully. So, Help me understand and help our listeners understand how you would suggest to be relevant, to not disappear, to kind of up the, the, the stakes in terms of the value that we're providing. How should we approach clients today? Yeah, I, I think it's by focusing first on why and who and then letting that drive what and how. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. I was talking with some uh, very successful financial uh, or uh, entrepreneurs a couple of years ago. Um, and I asked this group, I said, how many of you would credit the success of your businesses 
to your articles of incorporation. <laughs> and they all just laughed. They said, we would credit 0% of our success, 0%. And I said, what made you successful? They said, we knew the problem that existed in the world. We knew how we could uniquely solve that. And we surrounded ourselves with great people. Mm. Uh, and uh, I said, so it was about having clarity of purpose and having the right people. They're like, absolutely. And I said, but you needed your articles. They said, yeah, we needed articles and bylaws and bank account and all of that. But that's just simply how we did it. It's not why we did it and it's not who we did it with. And so, you know, I think if we can help clients get clarity on their why, if they can understand the culture uh, that they want to build and that they have, um, then it leads right into that what and how. But if we sell clients bylaws and organizational documents and uh, budgets, um, and, and we miss the humanity. One, we're going to be replaced, but two, we're just not going to be impactful. Well, and realistically, and I keep talking about core values because I just feel like it's such a huge piece of who we are and what drives us to where we're going in life. It's like our GPS, right? Like, how do we make those decisions? So if we have this GPS internal to who we are and our advisors know what that is, then the advisor will be on the same path with us. So let's just say your core value is connection. Well, as an advisor, you understand that about a family, you can talk about building a cabin for the family to connect together on a regular basis. You can talk about spending money in a way that builds that connection within the family or with additional people they want to be connected to. But if you don't know and understand that, why, then how are you going to do, how are you going to drive them that direction? You know, unfortunately, our listening audience today doesn't get the advantage of the video, which I am seeing. And I'm looking at, at David and Gretchen in their office and behind them is this beautiful banner for the enterprise that the two of them are collaborating on, which is called Pornology. And I see the, um, you know, three kind of big points, understand, connect, and keep. And I'd love to have you guys maybe give us the why behind pornology. I think we've been talking about it, but then if you, if you could, I think it'd be very valuable for people to hear what the capacities and, and, and capabilities of pornology are to assist advisors in, the, in serving their fam, the, the families they serve? Yeah, well, Cornology is a software platform that you can easily send a survey to your client. It goes both to um, the husband, the wife, and to the heirs. And it's very simple to fill out. In fact, I would love to send one to you if you want. Um, it, fill out on any platform. So it is technology, but the beautiful thing is it comes back to the advisor and they can print a report that gives all this information about the client and their family. And it allows a door to have that conversation. That's the end game, having a conversation where they know and understand what the family values, each individual family member and the family as a whole. We give the family's top five core values. So if you have 20 members of the family, you get to know out of those 20 members, what, what really matters to them. 
you get to see that through this technology. Um, and But it, it goes on to talk about information about the family culture. It gives families priorities for the year. So it helps you in understanding what they need. Um, we even talk about obstacles to wealth, things that could be holding them back, those things that keep them from actually aligning with their core values so they can have those aha moments of, oh, now I realize I'm doing this instead of aligning to my own core values, staying true to who I am. Yeah, and the, the way I, I kind of describe it, and, and I mean, we've been in the information age uh, for the past 30, 40 years. And I think as professionals, we've primarily come as the gatekeepers of information. We either have information in our head or we have access to that information. And now that's easily bypassed. Um, and, I, you know, the reality is this, data and information inform, but questions and stories transform. And I think we need to get out of the information business and we need to get into the transformation business. Now that takes some work, but it's a matter of understanding our clients. Who are they? What do they value? What do they believe? Helping clients understand that. You know, it's so interesting. Um, uh, I ask clients, I say, look, if your if your wealth transfer plan, and I mean wealth in the broadest terms, the human capital, the financial capital, the social capital, if your financial, if your wealth transfer plan were a business, would you invest in it? Uh, and most people say, no, I wouldn't invest in it because I've got no clarity. I can't explain it to you. I can't describe it to you. We would never invest in a business that couldn't clearly articulate what it was in business for and how it was going to do it. But then I have to break it to clients. You know, you're actually currently hundred percent invested in your wealth transfer plan. You can't help it. Yeah. You can't help it. And yeah, so, whether you like it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, again, that's where um, I think we're entering into a new age. I've seen people talk about, okay, what's, what's after information age. I've heard social age, mm -hmm. uh, a digital age. I think we're in the age of curation, um, because I think information is ubiquitous, but the question becomes, how do we take knowledge and how do we turn it into wisdom? Um, and it's through a process of curation, but that's by asking questions and getting to stories. Um, and so it takes a bit of time. And so that's what we're trying to do with Cornology is to create a simple framework to have those qualitative conversations so that we can articulate the, the why uh, and, and understand the who. And then honestly, it makes everything else so much simpler. I'm, yes. I'm curious, before we wrap up, um, I get from listening to both of you, how immensely valuable this would be in that understand, connect and keep from the advisor perspective. But I'm curious, does this, for instance, when you speak of the family of 20, I think families don't understand their core values. Um, does this process and this technology also provide a benefit to a family to maybe have deeper conversations around their shared values and what, what they might do once they understand them? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, my core values, the, the, the top core values I have are the best core values. Because if they weren't the best core values, I would have other ones. The problem is nobody else has the same core values I do. And one of the problems that we have is that because we, we see ours as the best, when we don't see our values in other people, we don't think they have values or we think that they're inferior. You know, I, we took a family through this process and the parents were just pretty blunt. They said, look, we don't think our kids value what, what we value. And so we went through this process uh, and went through it and they don't. The, the parents value things like determination, productivity, entrepreneurism. You know what their kids valued? Things like empathy, loyalty, creativity, uh, uh, beauty, 
uh, grace. And what they realized was, man, our kids don't value what we do, but what they value is so amazing and so great. And they got to understand their children uh, in a completely new and different way. And they, they uh, uh, and then the kids, the same thing, because again, we can just see, um, uh, they see through their perspective. So when they could hear their parents, where they came from, and they came from incredible poverty. How did they get out of poverty? Through, through determination and productivity and entrepreneurism. And so they were a product of, 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 of that. So you're absolutely right, Johnny. It was, it, it's powerful for families to see. And um, so often we can focus on political differences, religious differences, social differences. Uh, unfortunately, that's so much of what society is, is how are we different? Um, and instead, I think it should be focused on how are we unique? But in that Venn diagram of the uniqueness of a family, where can we overlap and agree? And we just pull the plane up high enough and, and we see how in our so many myriad differences, how alike we actually are. Well, and that goes to the first word, understand. You know, understand each other on a deeper level. So not just the advisor to the clients, but the family within. Beautiful, Gretchen. This has been an awesome conversation and we knew it was going to be a little bit of an improv dance. It has been. It's been amazingly beautiful, though. I'd love to have you wrap, if you would, by sharing the public PPI members that are listening to this podcast. How do they best connect with you guys to learn more about Cornology and to take advantage of what you've built? You can definitely go to our website, cornology.com, and um, start there. You can email me through the website, or you can email me directly, Gretchen at cornology.com. I'm happy to talk to anyone or um, show them what we're doing, or let them just give it a go and see what their own core values are. Cool. David, do you have anything you want to, I mean, we always- No, I, 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 yeah, I actually just, I, I think things are changing, but change always presents opportunity. Um, and what I love about the broader PPI, it is, it, there's no one solve to this. It, it does take a community um, and it's about triangulation. Um, but, um, I will say that the, the best, most powerful things you can do with your clients are helping them add that purpose to planning and anything we can do to help in that. And I know that's your vision and, 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 uh, call. Uh, so we just love being a part of it. Yeah, thank you. This was awesome. Thank you, everyone. I hope that you'll continue to explore and act upon the invitation David and Gretchen have shared with us today. Bye now. Great. Thanks. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's program. And if you are a member of the Purposeful Planning Institute, I want to invite you to come post in the community forum and share your key takeaways from today's conversation. And if you're not a member yet, here's your invitation to join us and be part of our community and access the network, resources, and tools you need to transform your client relationships and your practice. And don't forget to use promo code PURPOSEFUL to receive a 10% discount on a membership. Learn more at PurposefulPlanningInstitute.com. Mm -hmm.